I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. We are best friends and dietitians. We have a goal of challenging nutrition misinformation and fitness trends with an evidence-based approach. Each episode, we will dish up our thoughts about the latest facts on a popular health-related topic. We're the Upbeat Dietitians. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Upbeat Dietitians podcast. Today, we are joined by another very special guest. We are joined by Celestina Brunetti, the founder of Wellness Cucina and the Dietitian Collaborative. She is a chef and a registered dietitian, which is a killer combo there. First and foremost, she's a foodie. Her passion is taking the overwhelm out of cooking and making it super easy for others. Chalicina is a master connector, loves to collaborate with fellow RDs, and uplift the the dietetics profession. In her downtime, you can find her running with her dog, snowboarding with her husband, or on the hunt for an amazing cup of coffee. We are so excited to share this episode with you, and enjoy. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Uppy Dietitians podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are joined by another very special guest, registered dietitian, Celestina Brunetti. Celestina, welcome to the podcast. Ladies, I am super stoked to be here. We're so happy you're here. (laughs) Thank you so so much. So we always like to have our guests start off by kind of walking us through a day in the life, what you do for work, your education, hobbies, all that fun stuff. So give us the juicy details. I feel like a day in the life is totally different for a solopreneur entrepreneur already. So I don't know what an actual day looks like, but it usually starts with a very tall cup of coffee with perfectly foamed milk. I feel like super specific, but like that's where it's at. And then it'll slowly flow into a day of work, getting whatever that looks like done for the day, often at a cafe. Um, and I work with RDs. So let's, I guess let's clarify there, right? Like I work with RDs and my mission really within the RD space is to create an environment that is collaboration over competition. So that's, that's really my passion and where my love of it lies. But I also have a passion for cooking and making food super simple for like RDs and for their clients as well. So I guess that's kind of a very summed up day in the life for me, but it's definitely coffee motivated. <laughs> Same over here. We're big cold brew fans, big cold oh, brew nice. fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, I love the collaboration over competition whole objective, because I feel like that's something that not to say that we're all like super competitive individuals out here on the internet, tearing each other apart, but <laughs> especially within any profession, I feel like there is a lot of con- competition and, and there's a lot going on with dietetics over the past couple of years. So we, I love the collaboration piece of that. That's so cool. We should work with each other more instead of just, yeah. I don't know, do whatever we do. <laughs> Preach girl. I feel the same. I feel like it kind of stems from our undergrad, right? Like it's so hard to kind of qualify for a DPD and then qualify for a DI. And like, once you're in a DI, like, I feel like it just gets more competitive because you're in just like such a selective spot of people. And then like you're out in the real world and it doesn't seem to get any easier. So I think that there's so much space, right? Like if we're all like working within our superpowers, like there's so much space to collaborate and even pass referrals to one another. Yeah. 
That's a good point yeah. too. With, I know this is our topic today, but as dietitians, <laughs> is it possible to like know everything about everything? So that's why it's so important to have like friends and peers in the field that you can refer to. Because if a client asks me about like, I keep getting like PCOS questions a lot. And I don't know the first thing about PCOS besides like the very <laughs> basics. So I'm always happy to refer to the very many PCOS RDs that are out there. So I love that yeah. perspective as well. Well, what we are going to oh. go in today more is Celestina's <laughs> expertise on cooking and all of that. We had a really great um, episode idea from one of our listeners, and she wanted to have us talk about like easy recipe ideas, like how to get in the kitchen. And we were like, that'd be perfect for Celestina. So oh, yeah. um, our first big question for you is what are some of the most common barriers that you often hear about regarding cooking? And I guess I don't know why I like ended that question with that inflection because that's the end of the question. (laughs) That was so bizarre. What are the most common barriers? Tell us all about it. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think people just get overwhelmed with like having to search through Pinterest for recipes or feeling, I guess, again, comparison syndrome, like, oh, their meal prep or whatever looks so good. And like a lot of the times, like even as RDs, we probably are guilty of this, right? Like we make something, we take a really sexy picture of it and then we post it. And like thinking that that has to be the, like what every meal looks like. And truthfully, like coming from someone who went to culinary school, who's also a dietitian who loves food. Most of my meals are stir fries and they look terrible in a bowl, but they're delicious and they're well-balanced and it's amazing. So I think dropping the, it has to be perfect thing. I feel like we say this a lot with like all of the things were like, like dropping the have to be perfect thing and starting with the basics that I think is super key. So like, if you could understand the fundamentals of cooking, you can do anything in the kitchen. And when I, when I explained this to RDs or when I was explaining this, when I was working like one-on-one with clients, it was breaking it down to like grain cooking and roasting. Like those are the two things that like, if you only know how to do that, you can do so much in the kitchen, right? So like grain cooking, like quinoa or brown rice or white rice, because white rice is also delicious. And there's space for all of that in this world. Um, And then roasting, meaning some people refer to it as baking, but like technically culinarily, it's considered a roasting, like high heat, a little bit of oil or a little bit of fat, whether it be on your veggies or on your proteins into an oven. Um, Those two skills can get you so far. And I can think of probably like 20 different dishes that you can make from just using those two skills within the kitchen. So that's, that's kind of the end all be all of like, I guess your, your question, your question that didn't really or start like a question and my answer is that that's not really answering like an answer. <laughs> uh, this is the purpose of a podcast. You can just say what we want to say and it can be as messy as we want it to be. Oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. think you're totally right. That is a really good way to put it. Like if you can just like keep it simple, that's going to get the job done. I think we really always do try to not even like overestimate our skills, but just like think we have to do it way more complex than it really needs to be. Yeah. And I love that you said you need to know, or like you need to like feel confident in, or I guess you don't need to, if you feel confident in these two skills, you can go really far. I feel like a lot of people hearing that will appreciate that because there's so many different ways to cook things. I know a lot of people I've talked to are afraid to cook meat. They are all afraid it's going to be undercooked. And then there's all these different styles of meat and whatnot, or different types of vegetables. And 
I I just love that you are like these are the two things, and if you get good at these, then you can make a decent amount. And yeah. I also didn't know you had a culinary background. Oh yeah, my undergrad is culinary nutrition. Oh yeah. cool. Rep in Johnson and Wales University. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> um, Amazing. Yeah. And I think I think the other important part of that is to remember that like even if you keep the cooking method simple, that doesn't mean that it's not flavorful, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can still add flavor whether you're just cooking grains or you're just roasting or like whatever the cooking process is, it doesn't mean that it's not flavorful. And I think healthy also doesn't mean not flavorful. Like those are yes. two things that like really need to be emphasized. Um, but yeah, do you guys want to break down some cooking processes to Please. kind of like simplify that? I would okay. love to. <laughs> cool. Uh, okay. So I call it the like 10 minute prep. Like this is something that is like a staple on a weeknight when you're feeling exhausted, but you still want like something that's wholesome, homemade, delicious. And truthfully, it's probably faster than like waiting in a Chick-fil-A line or like ordering Uber Eats, right? Like literally 10 minutes of prep and you're done. Okay. So the first thing you start out with is preheating your oven to 425 degrees. I just find that that is like the perfect temperature to do all of the things and not have to worry about it. The next thing is like we move to the stove. So getting our grains going because grains typically take a little bit longer than anything in the oven would. Brown rice takes about 40 minutes. Quinoa takes about 15. So I would say choose your grains based off of how much time you have to like allow them to cook or cook in bulk. And maybe they're just like in the fridge ready to go. So with grains, I start with building flavor, right? Like that's kind of the essence of all of this. And so getting your pot, pot, right? Like a pot with high sides, ideally to cook grains, putting a little bit of oil in there. So I use, I typically just use olive oil, but if you want to like go Asian with your rice, start with a little bit of sesame oil. Like this is where we start to build flavor. Then tossing in your grains after your oil has has had time to heat over medium heat for about like, I don't know, 30 seconds. Um, then you want to add in your grains. Your grains are then start are going to start to toast. They're going to get a little nutty. Again, building flavor. And then we're adding in different herbs and different spices to the the next layer. Again, building flavor. So how do you choose herbs and spices? You're probably asking, right? Like use your nose. So if you have that herb and spice cabinet together, like wherever that is, I prefer it next to my stove. Um, but like grabbing one spice that you like, or one herb that you know that you like, smelling it, and then grabbing another random one, smelling them together. If they smell good together, they're probably going to taste good together. So that's something you can like full send into the pot with. Um, I recommend doing like a little, little teaspoon out into your hand. So you can like figure out how much is enough for what you're making. And then instead of like using a, a measuring spoon to like figure out how much liquid that you need, Honestly, I just go right to the stove with that pot, fill it up, and then up to the first digit on your pointer finger. This is like an Asian rice trick, which honestly transcends every grain I've found. Um, So if you fill the water up to the first digit on your pointer finger, and like you put your pointer finger into the pot and like put it down to like where the grain is, it's the perfect amount of liquid for like every grain. And it's just amazing. So you can, you can choose to add water like at that point and like continue to cook your grains, or you can add another layer of flavor like mango nectar and water or tea bags and water. That's a, 
like a game changer, right? Like broke college me wasn't about the ramen all the time. So I would just toss like black tea bags in when I was making rice or green tea bags in when I was making rice for antioxidant full, but also really delicious rice on the other end of it. Um, so then you're going to put that back on like medium high heat, pop a lid on it, put a timer on for however long your grain needs to cook, right? Like for the longer brown rice, it'll probably be about 30 to 40 minutes. Quinoa, about 15 to 18. Uh, white rice, again, about 15 to 18. So we'll put a timer on, allow it to come to a boil, bring it down to a simmer on low heat, and then like shut it off when the timer goes off, take it off the heat. And then that's our thing, right? So I know it took a while to explain, but that whole process should take about a minute total, right? To like prep it. So I'm like- obsessed with all of that. I'm obsessed. <laughs> like I- the way you like talk about like these different tips and tricks, I'm like enamored right now by all this, just so you I know. I <laughs> feel like I'm in a cooking class. Yes. I think I'm on Food Network right now. Yes. <laughs> the Celestina 10 minute masterclass. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Oh okay, my so- gosh. What are some herbs that you guys use that like you would want to like explore different flavors with? So uh, I'm a garlic girl at heart. Garlic goes in everything. I know that's very basic of me. Garlic. And I also love paprika. Those are my two big ones that I use in most things. Ooh. Okay. So right off the bat, my mind goes Italian with garlic Mm -hmm. and like doing some type of Italian blend, but garlic can also be used in like Mexican cuisine. So combining that with like cumin and coriander, um, or combining that with like chili powder, to kind of go a little bit more South American. And then with paprika, maybe not so much with the grains, but when we get to the meats, I have an idea for that. Okay. Okay. Emily. My, I don't even know if this is, this is probably a spice, like red pepper flakes. I put that on everything, Mm. (laughs) like probably too much, but I don't. You like your spice. You like spicy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Red pepper <laughs> flake is like literally on everything that I make. Yes. And sometimes I'm yes. like, oh, wait, I didn't add any heat. Red pepper flake. Yes. <laughs> so I totally exactly get that. that. Um, yeah. That would be really good with um, with black tea, I think, with like quinoa, black just, tea. I've never heard of doing tea, the tea and the mango nectar. That blows my mind. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think depending on the population I, that you're working with too, like I used that a lot when I was working with people with, heart disease who had to minimize the amount of salt. And like, that's why I'm so focused on bringing up the flavor aspect of things. So game changer. So cool. They have like that giant mango nectar at Costco. I'm going to have to get that for like my next tip. Yeah. The tip with the nectar though, you have to do half nectar, half water. Cause if not, then the, like it's too thick Mm. and the, like the kernels of grains don't like, they don't have enough liquid to like poof up Mm. trial and error. Okay, that's definitely <laughs> made error. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, tell us about tell us about the the oven side of it. Yes, okay. I cut you off. I We've apologize. Got so, grains. We've yes. got, no, we're, oh, this you're is good. No, we had to know our spice combinations, Hannah. We had to be taught. <laughs> That'd be a great BuzzFeed quiz. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. But yeah, guys, that might be something. <laughs> Put it on your homepage of your website. Yeah. Like what Wait, spice like, combination what? are you? Yeah. I love it. I love okay. it. <laughs> this is why RDs collaborate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So on to the, the oven side of things. I like to keep it super, super simple. And I don't like cleanup. I don't know about you guys, but like, that is not my favorite part of cooking. And that's also, I find another hindrance to people cooking, right? Like, 
ugh, I have to cook and clean, terrible. So I like to line a parchment or rather a sheet tray with parchment paper for super easy cleanup. Um, because then like, depending on what you're making, literally all you have to do is like crumple the parchment paper and toss it. Um, so some really easy things for like a 10 minute meal that, or rather 10 minute prep that like, you don't have to worry about frozen fish fillets, game changer right? Like we all want our clients to embrace fish a little bit more in whatever shape or form that looks like. And sometimes you can't get fresh fish depending on where you're at. So I highly recommend getting some frozen fish fillets and then zhuzhing them up a little bit. It's a game changer. So literally from frozen, right? Like you can forget to defrost anything that day and from frozen, grab your, grab your like frozen salmon or frozen tilapia or whatever that looks like, pop it still frozen on a sheet tray and grab another frozen veggie that you love. Um, I find that frozen cruciferous veggies, like um, like broccoli or uh, space broccoli, what is that called? Romesco, Romanesco. You guys know what I'm talking about? I no? have no idea. Okay. It's Nally. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, I'm Googling this. Wait, right this now. can be our next bonus question, Emily. Oh my gosh, which we forgot. No, we didn't. We didn't even forget. I didn't forget. I thought I forgot to send you the question, um, but that could be a really good bonus question. What's the best type of broccoli? I didn't know there was more than one. I'm it's blown called, away right it's now. It's called Romanesco, I'm pretty sure, but it it looks spiral, which is why I call it space yes. broccoli, right? Where it's do pretty you cool. get this thing? What? Um, I've seen it at like Whole Foods. I, I live in Europe, so it's very common here, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's sweeter <gasps> If, if you've ever had like the sweetest cauliflower ever, it's like a cross between cauliflower and broccoli. It's bomb. Ooh, I'm yeah. including a link of this broccoli in the episode <laughs> description because <laughs> I have never seen this before. Oh my gosh. It looks Sorry. so cool. This just okay, looks anyway. cooler than it. A- <laughs> yes. yes. You're talking about cruciferous frozen yeah. veggies. Carry on, carry yeah, on. So yeah, so cruciferous yeah. like hearty veggies, but you can also roast like sliced onions or sliced bell peppers or um, like an Asian stir fry mix or like whatever kind of frozen veggies you have. So don't feel limited, but I find that like those just happen to roast the best. So don't do anything to them. Literally from the freezer to the sheet pan, put them in the oven, walk away, put a timer on, obviously like 15 ish minutes, depending on how big your fish fillet is, I would say 15 to 20 ish minutes. And then your veggies will also probably need about the same amount of time. So just walk away, go do what you got to do. Go clean your house, go have fun with your family, go outside. Maybe don't go outside, but like do things in your house. And then when all of your alarms and timers go off, like you pull your rice or your grain off, like allow it to sit, you'll fluff it eventually. Fun things to add at the end to that are, um, like lemon juice or lime juice and adding the lime juice or lemon juice at the end prevents the kernels from like getting mushy and funky. You can also in add or rather add in lime zest or lime, uh, lime zest or lemon zest at the end or orange zest, get wild and crazy with your zest. Um, and then that's it, right? Like then, then your grain is done. You can also add in fresh herbs. I forgot about that. Um, and then when your stuff comes out of the oven, this is the time that you can add flavor to it. I recommend adding flavor after your frozen stuff comes out of the oven because frozen items tend to have a lot of liquid or like water in them. And if you put oil and water together, it turns into this like just oil floating on top of your water in the oven and it's not great. 
So whenever you're going from frozen, just go straight into the oven. Don't have to do anything to it. Right. So with that tilapia or with that salmon, that's a great opportunity to maybe do like a little bit of soy sauce on it, or you can go back into your spice cabinet, start smelling different things together. Uh, I know Hannah, I mentioned earlier, like with your paprika, I love doing cocoa and paprika together, not necessarily on fish, but it's great on chicken. Like if you have just like a chicken, like a piece of chicken, whether it be breast or thigh or whatever, um, without bones are going to cook faster in the oven, like for this kind of situation. So just like smacking it with some cocoa and paprika or just sprinkling it with your fingers, cocoa and paprika, bomb, delicious combination. So yeah, so you'll add those dried spices or dried herbs when everything comes out of the oven to your salmon or to your fish and to your veggies. Um, And then obviously a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, whatever you need there. With the veggies, I like to drizzle extra virgin olive oil when they come out. Extra virgin, I don't personally like to cook with it. I think of it more as like a salad dressing, drizzable, drizzleable kind of oil. Um, And like, obviously the vitamin E properties are going to be better when it's not heated. So like, that's why I recommend doing it afterwards and use your good stuff. Cause like, you're actually going to taste it. Little salt, little pepper, maybe a little bit of lemon juice or lime juice, whatever that looks like, or maybe like vinegar too, right? I feel like sometimes we forget about vinegar for flavor, but that can be a really great addition at the end. So that is like the key to the 10 minute meal. And like, don't feel like you have to use fish if that's not your jam. Like you can do that same process with like boneless chicken thighs or even chicken breast, um, like a normal size chicken breast, not like a Tyson size chicken breast will cook up in about like 15 to 20 minutes. A Tyson size will probably cook up in about 30 depending. And like, that's something that you kind of just have to like judge it out. But if you don't have a thermometer, a great way to test your meat is to use your hand test. Have you guys seen this before? Like this is raw. And then you put your finger down and it's okay. Let me explain this better podcast. Right. Okay. So open your hand (laughs) and then touch the like gooey part of your, your thumb, like the inner part of your thumb. That's raw. You put your pointer finger towards that gooey part of your thumb that's medium that's no that's like rare rare meat so like for beef and then your middle finger down is medium ring finger medium well and then pinky finger down is well done so well done is what you want for chicken if you're doing that a little bit of bounce we, back we will 100 include a snippet of that so people can see that on social media so if they don't so they, if they don't watch YouTube, they'll at least see it there. So they're not like, what is, love- what's the gooey part? What's the gooey part? part? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I feel I- like, I feel like fish needs to have a moment. Like fish is so good and so easy. People often, I think are fearful of cooking fish. And I think it's like one of the easiest, I don't know if it's classified yeah. as meat, but one of the easiest proteins to make. Oh yeah. I think so too. I mean, all you have to do is wait for it to flake. And if it doesn't yeah. flake you keep it in the oven longer. I'm like, yeah. that's it. <laughs> and like shrimp too. Shrimp is so easy and it cooks yeah. in like two seconds. Yeah. Shrimp is like a game changer too. That's yeah. also what I do from frozen, like mm-hmm. in a pan with yeah. also frozen veggies, like game changer. Game changer. <laughs> you took us through, <laughs> took us through a journey. <laughs> now everyone knows how to prep meals in 10 minutes and everyone's going to be a cooking pro after this. So yes. But what are kind of 
the benefits i'm feeling really good about cooking right now (laughs) but kind of what are the benefits of being confident in the kitchen you keep giving us some skills but talk us through like some people i just know they're in their 40s i've had clients that are in their 40s and they're just like i don't know how to cook i never learned and at this point i don't know if i need to learn what are the benefits of becoming confident in the kitchen that's a great question I, I think it just gives you some freedom to explore, right? Like we have so many different outlets or maybe we don't that like we can just kind of explore and have fun with. And I feel like cooking is one of them. Like I always say there's no rules in the kitchen because who knows, like you may find two flavors that just like really happen to work. One of my past clients put cinnamon on his broccoli and like, that's his go-to thing now. I'm like, dude, what? So I, I feel like that's, that's the cool part, right? And there's endless possibilities. So I think having confidence translates to knowing the the skill set behind it so that you can cook anything without a recipe, right? Like I like my clients and the RDs that I work with also to like get to the point where they can literally spin a globe, like put their finger down, maybe research a recipe and not have to like look through the steps of that recipe. But by knowing like the cooking process behind it, right? Like uh, let's take tangine from like the Morocco area. Like that sounds scary. It sounds like really, I don't know, complicated to make, but truthfully it's a stew. And like, as long as you understand the process of like making a stew, you can make it. The only thing that changes are the flavor profiles behind it, right? So maybe there's um, like cumin, coriander and cinnamon in it, as well as some dried fruit. Like that's pretty much the only difference. And then you spin the globe again and maybe you go to like Northern Italy where they're, I don't know, poaching something in uh, like a pasta sauce or like a tomato sauce. It's, it's poaching, right? Or it's like a very slow and low form of cooking. So I think that it really just opens up the possibilities of what you can do in your kitchen so that you can get I don't know, just a little bit more international exposure at home and not feel like you have to go outside for every meal to have an amazingly flavorful meal. That's so interesting. So kind of what you're saying is like, if you can figure out the basics, like the basic cooking methods and like types of cuisines from there, you can like really expand and make all different kinds of dishes Yeah, without a recipe. I think think that's what I don't like about cooking is like following a recipe. I hate like having my phone up, and like trying yeah. to like scroll through it, it's like jump to recipe on the blog, which has like 18 million paragraphs. I don't know why, but I just like get so flustered by that. And so yeah. I think if I can just like make a lasagna from scratch, that always just feels so good to not have to like worry about my phone being there. I can like listen to music or watch a show or whatever. And I do feel more confident in that way. So I, I love that. I also love how you brought up like the different areas of the world and kind of like going down to the basics. Cause I feel like maybe it's just me being in little, like the Midwest of the United <laughs> States where can't say maybe if we're in Chicago, like there's a lot more variety and flavor profiles and whatnot, but yeah, a lot of people like to stick to what they know. And when it comes to like trying different types of foods, it's either like eating out or like, that's it. They don't make it themselves. Cause it seems so different. Oh yeah. I know. Yeah. Like one of my favorite go-to meals is sag paneer from like Indian 
cuisine. And like, that's something that I initially had, I think as like a teenager, like in a restaurant, it's not something that I made at home. But then like, I realized how, I don't want to say easy it is, but like you understand the process, right? Like, you know, like just generally from this conversation, like, you know how to heat oil in a pan, you know how to add spices to the pan and then add spinach in this case to a pan, allow spinach to cook and then add paneer, which is basically a, like a soft cheese that they make. And maybe you can't find paneer, but you could also use like, um, more of like a Greek style halloumi, which is a little bit squeaky. It's like a squeaky cheese. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's like a squeaky cheese that you could like grill and it would still hold its form. Or you could use feta, like, and just mix it up a little bit. No, it's not like a hundred percent culturally appropriate in that instance, but I think exploring some of these flavors with what you have around you can just be really fun and just kind of switch it up a little bit, especially if you're in an area where some of those foods aren't the norm and you want to explore. Oh yeah. I live in like beef and noodles, meat and potatoes territory in Indiana. So that's really good advice actually. So to kind of finish us off, Chelsea, I know we kind of already went over a bunch of different recipes, but do you have any other like last minute go-to meals that you would like for our listeners to be able to add to their menu? Ooh, I think one of my favorites has to be stir fry. And that's something that you can still do with frozen veggies as well. So if you are making a stir fry at home with frozen veggies, start with a cold pan. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but they'll defrost, steam, and then get crispy. So that I think is game changer. Cause I mean, after a long day, after my long day with coffee fuel day of being an RD, uh, I, I love cooking, but I also sometimes don't like prepping. So using frozen veggies in that way, like just like a dump into a cold pan, allow the heat to come up, allow them to steam. Like once the water is evaporated, that's when you can add in your oil and any other flavors that you want to add in. I love ginger, um, sesame, or not, well, yeah, sesame oil too. Um, Soy sauce and sambal is like my key, right? So like, it doesn't have to be complicated. And that's, I think another thing, right? Like using some of the condiments that you already have in your fridge, lime juice, sambal, and soy sauce can make an amazing, like really quick and easy sauce for like frozen veggies like that. And maybe you are cooking like chicken in the oven, like while the, like while those veggies are, are doing their thing. And maybe you have like rice pre-cooked or maybe you have like one of those rice packets that all you have to do is like microwave for like a minute. Game changer guys. And then you have like a delicious, I guess, quote unquote, Asian inspired meal. And I think that's also something important, right? Like it can be that culture inspired. It doesn't have to be like word for word, everything like all of the flavors from that particular part of the world. So that's probably one of my favorite go-tos and one of the most delicious things that we make on repeat. I love stir fries. Me too. There's so easy and so good. Oh yeah. I did not know I that didn't... cold pan trick. Is that what you were going to say? Either. Yeah. <laughs> Trial and error guys. <laughs> Trial and <laughs> so error. much. <laughs> Don't be afraid to try new things. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So we always like to wrap up our guest episodes with giving you the floor with what are your final thoughts on kind of all things cooking and 10 minute meals. And this is kind of, we always like to joke that if they were to hear nothing else, 
besides your little blurb right here, what would you like them to kind of take away from this episode? Start small, start with what you're comfortable with. And even if it's not a ton of herbs and spices, go for the cooking method, master the cooking method and cooking is going to be so much easier. And I think for the RDs out there, like assuming that your client literally knows nothing about food and being able to simplify it in, in this way, and maybe even break it down into like three to five steps max for them. So like breaking down the the grain cooking and the roasting process into three to five steps max is going to make it so much more approachable for your clients too. I feel like this whole episode was just a a cooking class. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. I am blown away. (laughs) I want everyone to listen to this episode. Me too. It's like definitely one of a kind for us. Usually we just talk about like the keto diet and that kind of thing. So this is good. This is a good change of pace. Yeah, this is a good, I'm sure they'll appreciate with so much positivity yes. <laughs> and happiness, but cool. So we always like to end our episodes with a bonus question. And this is kind of a little bit of a debate, but it's more so us just kind of sharing our opinions on things. So cool. We always like to let our guests start. So the question, the bonus question for this episode is if you could only use one kitchen tool for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Cast iron pan. Ooh, that's a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great answer. Yeah, that's any elaboration. That just you're hardcore. That's it. That's it. Oh, enough oh, said. I mean, okay, so I love a cast iron because you can make it non-stick, right? Like if you give it like the proper TLC, you can make it non-stick and cook an egg on it. But then that same pan can go into like a screaming hot oven or like under the broiler or like in my pizza oven and it can handle all of it. That's why, that's why I love a cast iron. That's that, so smart. I think that's, that's the such right Such a answer. logical answer. That's like, the right I answer. I don't even <laughs> want to share my <laughs> I didn't either. I'm so embarrassed. Um, I said wrong answers. <laughs> I think no, that was definitely- That's the right answer. That's the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, actually, I'm curious, Chelsea, on your thoughts on, this is not um, on our outline. So if you don't want to answer, that's fine. But what are your thoughts on air fryers? I feel like they're very controversial. Yes. I'm dying to know your thoughts on air fryers. Yeah, I think they're a waste of space on the counter. However, that's because I have an oven with a fan called convection. So like I, I can technically like, I guess, air fry in my oven because I have the fan. If you don't have a fan in your oven, I can see the benefit of an air fryer, but like they don't have, like, even if you have like a nice one, they don't have very much space inside. So I feel Mm. like it's just, you're, you're having to cook multiple batches, which is kind of annoying. So, yeah, yeah, they are. That's why I was wondering, because they are so controversial. I love mine because I don't have convection, right? Not convention, convection. convection. Um, I mostly use it for like reheating stuff. Like I'll like reheat mm. French fries so they get nice and crispy. Or um, like I made some sweet potatoes the other night, like sweet potato fries and I reheated those in the air fryer so they got all crispy. So I use mine a lot for everything. I don't have it on the counter. I kind of sh- store it away and pull it up whenever I need it, which is really annoying. Um, so I, I agree with the waste of space thing. Um, but if I can't choose cast iron, I'm going to have to go with air fryer for my answer. I do love my air fryer. Emily, you look perplexed. What's your, what's your answer? I don't even want to share because I was thinking of a completely different tool 
Nice. I will like, say my initial thought, like the very first thing my head thought of was tongs. So you can't, my be first answer was going to be a butcher knife. Oh. I literally love, I like a will big use one. my, but yes, I love big butcher knives. And then I was going to say a spatula because I love spatula. That's a good one. <laughs> um, I think those are essential though. I want to yeah. hear your guys' opinion because I, I get in this argument all the time with my sister. So she listens to this episode. She's going to know which answer is right. Um, so with spatulas, when you think I, you can't see my screen, there's the like ones that you flip things with, but then there's also the like flimsy ones that you use to like, like the rubber spatulas. The- yes. Yeah. Are they both spatulas? They are. Uh, I think of one as like a, like a pancake spatula, like a flippy one. And I would probably only use it to flip pancakes because it's pointless otherwise. And a silicone spat, like the one that you like scrape a bowl with or like mm-hmm. scrape a pan with is also a spatula, but I call it a silicone spat. Yeah. I like silicone spat better. That's so, so that fancy. fancy. I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> um, don't tell Lissy this, but I have the pancake spatulas that are also silicone. So like what? silicone, it's not, it's not oh flimsy. It's not flimsy, but it's like oh, made of okay, like okay, non-stick okay. Like silicone. I was imagining like, I was like, yeah, no, that'd be terrible. That work? So don't let listen to this part of the podcast, but I agree that the, the scrapey ones are, what That's was the what question? I... <laughs> which Favorite one's best? Two... Oh, which one? No, which one do you, it was more so like, which one is more of a, I didn't even say the question. It was just okay, more okay. so like, which one do you think of? Hers was the flippy. Mine was the mm. oh the silicone spat. Well, if someone says spatula, I think of the pancake flippy guy. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's so interesting. I don't know what I think of like flipper. <laughs> Maybe it's because I like watched SpongeBob a little bit growing up, and I just think of like the crusty crab. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. My first thought is like the pancake or like a burger. Yeah. Flipping. Yeah. Interesting. interesting. I'm glad I asked two other yeah. professionals now I <laughs> I don't like split, call myself but... a professional on this but Celestina <laughs> definitely is yeah okay cool but mine are not as cool as yours mine is butcher knife and smash silicone no, spat butcher knife is so badass that's such a good answer they're also very underrated because like I know I people struggle with like whacking open squashes especially like butternut and with that it's just like one angry whack and you're good <laughs> yes <laughs> I stress relief. love them yeah I'm I did not know like, that about you Emily I really appreciate sharp knives I did I not know that in my old age <laughs> yes game changer like, yes if I get I get irrationally mad when I go places or like to friend's house and they don't have serrated knives for something mm. that needs a serrated knife I'm like what am I supposed to do with this dull edge like it's gonna smush the thing like tomatoes Mm-hmm. offline send me your address i'm gonna get you a knife kit you can bring your knives with you oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes please i'm showing up to like social events <laughs> my knives like don't worry guys <laughs> it's like a charcuterie board <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh so yes. extra Celestina, thank you so much for being on the podcast this has been an absolute treat I learned something. I know everyone else had to have learned something because we learned so many cool little tidbits today. Tell our listeners 
where they can find you. If they want to learn more tips, hear more of your knowledge, whatever it is, this is kind of your floor to kind of talk about whatever you want that you want to promote. Solid. Cool. So I am most active on Instagram uh, and it's all one word, the dietitian collaborative, because I'm again, all about lifting up RDs. Uh, but with cooking stuff, that is all wellness cucina related. And like, that's the OG name of my biz. So wellness cucina, LLC.com. That is like all things cooking related. So for RDs who want to help their clients simplify all things cooking, I have a more in-depth version of what we just talked about today in my resource library, which is called the kitchen confidence resource library. It makes sense. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really cool tool that RDs can join the membership and then license to their clients. So their clients can have access to it. We do like, um, like weekly break, like recipe breakdowns. So like similar to how we did it today, like breaking it down to like three to five steps, super simple so that your clients can feel really confident making those dishes without having to follow a recipe. And I think I have like 10 different cooking methods in there. So it's, it's very comprehensive and I keep adding information. So that is like, it's my baby brain child of like all things cooking. And even if you're not an RD, if you want access to that, there is an annual membership for lay people who are just really interested in cooking. <laughs> That is so cool. That is so, so cool. We will share a link to all of that below so you guys can find it. Oh, what a good episode. Thank you again to yes. Chelsea for joining us today. We know that they're going to love this one. This is a good one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Guys, this was a blast. I'm so stoked that we were here and I'm really happy that I napped. <laughs> or have you napped too? You're able to come all on our drives. And yes. Cool. Well, everyone go check out Chelsea's links if you don't you're missing out. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We love all of your support so much. We will see you next week. Otherwise, have a great rest of your day. Yes. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the Upbeat Dietitians with your hosts, Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at The Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.